Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues in missions that impact both the missionary and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava, and with me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, hello again, Tony. It is good to be with you here in our studio. Today, as we discuss one of the topics, I'm really excited about this topic because this topic has had a major impact in my life personally. Mm. As we get into it, I'll share a little bit about that. What we're going to cover today is the idea of taking a missions trip, Mm. something that a lot of churches kind of host missions trips with their people of their church, or even individuals may take a missions trip. You know, you think on the surface that sounds, oh, what a great thing, but Mm -hmm. actually there's there's some things that make for a better mission trip. Yes. And there's even some things that people say, like, why you shouldn't take mission trips. So mm. we're going to talk mm-hmm. even about that a little bit today. From the onset of this, let me say, I, I think that really mission trips are, are very productive, that they bear long-term fruit. Um, you've experienced that personally. Uh, I've seen it personally. I, I really think it's very beneficial if every local church pastor who is actively supporting missionaries could make a missions trip as well. Because I, I think that every every pastor, at least I've spoken with, who's done that, it's made a, a lasting impact on how they see missions, how they interact with missionaries, and, and really their zeal to get the gospel to the innermost parts of the earth has almost Across the board, that has been what I've heard from pastors, that all of that's been increased because they've taken a mission strip, and it helps their church family as well. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, one of the things I often hear when churches advertise about mission trips, they will use that verse in Lamentations that talk about, my eye hath affected my heart, mm-hmm. that if you can get someone to see the the field, the people, what's going on in a, in a different part of the world compared to what they're used to seeing every day, mm-hmm. that it really can have an impact on their heart, and then you never know what God can do mm-hmm. in someone's life. I mentioned mm-hmm. in the very outset that you know my life was dramatically impacted. Well, I went on a missions trip. I had been on a missions trip when I was in high school, and as a result of that missions trip, God used that to soften my heart to begin to consider, hey, if I could use you in a short term to help kind of present Jesus to others, mm-hmm. what more could I do with you if you devoted your life to mm-hmm. reaching people, a different culture, a different language group, and things of that nature? And that was the start of my surrender to missions was all, I can squarely say, because of a mission trip. Yeah. You know, I've met so many people who have been impacted by a missions trip and end up in full-time ministry somewhere along the way. And a lot of times that ends up being missions. I know that I've heard uh, the testimony of our African director, uh, Eric Bowman, who was heavily impacted by a missions trip that he took to Africa and spent many years in Africa, now our African director. For me personally, I didn't uh, go on a missions trip, but that whole idea of my eye affecteth my heart and being in a different place. I was a brand new Christian when I visited the very city where the Lord would have us to go back and and eventually be involved in uh, planting a church there. But that was 
again, I went back to this place we had been. I saw it with a new set of eyes and a new heart um, because when I had been there previously, I wasn't saved. Now I went as a as a Christian and really focused on very different things and especially the spiritual need of people. And God really used that in my heart, being in that place to say, hey, I can use you here. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, that's so important that we give people the opportunity to get to a foreign field, see what missionary life really is all about, but then also, uh, as we're talking about now, just seeing the need. There's a reason why every missionary that comes to a, a church for a meeting shows their, sl- well, I was going to say slides. That'll date me a little bit. <laughs> so old school, I, wow. <laughs> I showed slides. Now they show video. <laughs> I should know a little bit about that, <laughs> uh, producing videos here at BIM. I, there's a reason we do that, because truly your eye is the gateway to your heart, and it does affect your heart. And, and so uh, just being able to be there in person is so much more impactful. I was just on the phone this afternoon uh, scheduling an opportunity to speak at a, at a college um, chapel time, and we talked about showing the video that we have for the far north, and I, I mentioned to the uh, the fellow I was scheduling with, and I said, well, if the time is short, I would probably rather not show the video because I feel like people will connect with flesh and blood better than even the video. Mm-hmm. And I make I bring that up to say, when you bring somebody to the field, that's what they do. It's not through the video or the pictures. They meet people who need to meet Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that that is, I think, a real game changer when mm. they can now see people. And instead of just hearing statistics about so many uh, percentage of people who are in a false religion and things, but when they they can then identify with a face of somebody that they saw yes. in that country or in mm-hmm. that people group, that makes all the difference in the world. It's just no doubt that if the more someone can see missions as a reality, the mm-hmm. the more that it will challenge them. Now, I think we have to be careful. Not every person who goes on a mission trip is going to become a missionary. But I do think it enlarges their heart and passion for missions so that Mm -hmm. they will then pray more Mm -hmm. for the missionaries and pray more that God would send forth laborers and Mm -hmm. and do more, probably give more uh, for towards missions. Just because Mm -hmm. you can't walk away from seeing the the need of the loss so very vividly that oftentimes we don't see even just around us every day. There's no Mm -hmm. doubt that the lost are vividly around me mm. in my area. Yep. But there is something that's very powerful when I I see it in a different environment. It brings it very much to the forefront. And hopefully you can then carry that back with you to your home to pray for what's going on overseas or in, in a different country, or as well as, I should say, in your own neighborhood and your own community. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And, you know, you talk about how it will... Not everybody who goes is going to be called, and and that's pretty obvious. Um, but it does actually give them a, a greater zeal for being involved in missions. And I think one of the things that really is the fruit of that is that they do pray more effectively, more intelligently, mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, more fervently, uh, because... The bottom line is you're going to pray for people that you have a connection with. 
bring it back to how we have our missionaries out now raising support. And uh, I don't want to open up Pandora's box here, but there's a, there's a, a discussion that it happens pretty frequently. Is going from church to church really the best way to raise support, so on and so forth? I think that bringing that missionary into the church, one of the great benefits is the connections and relationships that are made as they're raising that support with the church family. People get to know them, and when they know them, they will pray for them, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, oh, yeah, I remember we said we were going to support this missionary and I never met him before. And and so out of obligation, I pray for him as opposed to I have a relationship with this person. I, I believe wholeheartedly that that carries over to a missions trip experience. You meet those people on the field. I just worked with two of our missionary candidates um, on their deputation videos and produced videos with them. Both of them were heavily impacted and are returning to the field where they were on missions trips and spoke very specifically about the relationships they made with people they met, lost people. Each of them actually had opportunity to lead people to the Lord on that field where they were, different places. And uh, that really changed the direction of their lives. Well, any pastor, I think, would understand this statement, that you can read in the Bible and see the layout of geography, Capernaum or Samaria or Judah and Jerusalem— but then any pastor who goes over, or any person, any Christian right. who goes over to Israel, mm-hmm. every single one of them would say, boy, it makes the Bible come alive. Yes. It makes it mm-hmm. so real. I can now vividly see Jesus standing on the Sermon on the Mount preaching, or I could see where Elijah brought fire from heaven. Any of those things. Same thing happens with someone taking a missions trip. They can read even on a prayer letter about something going on in the ministry of somebody. But then when they get there and see these people and connect with them— mm-hmm. It's something that will stick with them for just a long time. And I I would dare say one of the benefits, absolute benefits and joys of a mission trip is for them to be in different churches compared to Mm -hmm. our, in a sense, Western church. Going, whether it be a Hispanic church down in Central America or a Brazilian church in in South America or even a church, remote village church up Mm -hmm. in Alaska Mm -hmm. or over in my part of the world in Thailand or Cambodia. Let me tell you, church— There's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. And I know that for me, of all all the things I do in my job, one of my most favorite things is just worshiping alongside Mm. other believers in their church. I may not understand everything that's going on. In fact, I don't understand most of what's going on in their language. And I I pick up, uh, oh, I think I recognize that tune to that song, and that's about it. Mm. But, boy, there is just something so great about worshiping with people from a different culture Mm -hmm. and seeing life in a different church than what my— everyday take is when I just go to church here in my local area. Right. I agree. It's it's an amazing experience, and I really believe it's an important opportunity that if any church member can be a part of that or a pastor could lead that, I think that in the end, whatever doubts you may have going into it are going to uh, probably be taken away as you get involved. And then second, as you see the fruit that comes out of that, as you see people get more excited about getting the gospel. And by the way, it's been my experience that that carries over right into the local church, that the that people come back and they do say, oh, we do have a lost world right here around us and get more involved with the soul-winning efforts of their local church after that missions trip. And, and I just believe that there's... 
just a lot of fruit that comes out of that. I think of um, back about 20 plus years ago, we had the opportunity while we were in Quebec to host a uh, a smart trip, part of the Camp Bimmy program. Out of that trip of the people who came to uh, and spent a total of four weeks on that trip, two weeks with us in Quebec and then two weeks over in Manitoba with another BIMI missionary family, there is a young lady who serves in Quebec today as a result of that trip. There were a young couple that were uh, not a couple when they were on that trip. They met each other, ended up getting married, got involved in ministry in Canada. There's another young lady who serves in Haiti as a result of just being on a mission trip, seeing the need and surrendering her life to uh, to whatever the Lord would have her to do. And so there's eternal fruit and I think it's pretty obvious by this point that you and I are both very much in favor of missions trips. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so let's maybe transition a little bit in this second part and talk about what makes for a good missions trip. Because just going to the field does not equate to a good missions trip. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Sadly, there is an element that many people just kind of, oh, I'll send up on a trip and I'll get to see hmm. see the world hmm. and see a different culture. I think and, that's the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just this aspect of the kind of tourist mindset. and mm-hmm. and But that's, I think, a good missions trip is we're going to come alongside and help that missionary and participate yeah. mm-hmm. in what that missionary, as well as the, the, the church that they're connected to, is doing. I, I have led many trips on missions trips, and to me, a passion of mine is that the group I'm bringing over does not do the work for the church, mm-hmm. but we do it in conjunction with the church. That if we have a cleaning project, say, that there's church folks that are cleaning with us. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rob them of their responsibility, but how much of a joy it is to to serve alongside them mm-hmm. and just to be kind of helping hands. Mm-hmm. If they're doing a VBS, I don't want to just run the whole VBS. I want to do it with them and and have my team coordinate with them to how you all do this and we can help here, you know, and give mm-hmm. kind of some of our skills and talents in different areas. To me, that makes for the best thing is that we're not coming in taking over, mm-hmm. but we're coming in and just helping. Co-laboring. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's part of what this whole podcast is about, working together uh, to get the gospel out. And you begin to realize, uh, you hear people say it, we have a common bond and a common cause in Jesus Christ. But when you take that missions trip and you work along some, uh, alongside somebody, and say, for example, when we had in Quebec a trip or a team come up, and they're English-speaking, and they're working alongside our French-speaking church people who really don't speak very much English at all, if any, but yet there's this bond that they do have in in Christ, and they do share a common cause, and it's amazing to watch how they can still work together with the same purpose and and get things accomplished and still form relationships along the way as well. Sometimes that takes an interpreter to help everybody understand what everybody's saying, but it's still an amazing thing that the, that the Lord puts together, I think. You know, as we talk about good missions trips, that's one of the things you got to really make sure is a key ingredient, that, that the Lord is putting this thing together, that you have prayed over the location that you're going to. And, you know, you don't want to just say, well, I've always wanted to visit the Eiffel Tower. Let's go to Paris. Yeah. You know, let's <laughs> yeah. let's uh, pray over that location. Let's make sure that uh, 
we can connect with a missionary that we know we're going to be able to work with effectively and they're going to be able to host that effectively. There's so much that can uh, be spoken about that goes into having that great missions trip take place. Uh, I think another thing that from my experience in helping to lead missions trips, um, I like to get the team the opportunity, if we can get a, a two or three, maybe even more of the local pastors or missionaries together and just have a Q&A session mm-hmm. with the team. Mm-hmm. It gives the pastors or those missionaries in that area the opportunity to really lay their their passion out before these people who are obviously they're interested in missions or they wouldn't be on the trip. And and it gives the the team the opportunity to hear what real missions life is like, what that particular field is, what the challenges are there, what the victories are that they've experienced, and to make that connection with them. And then to find out also, maybe if the Lord did call me back to this place, there are people in leadership here that I already have a connection with and would help me as I get adjusted and acclimated and 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 do what God calls me to do. Again, Everybody who goes on a missions trip is not going to get called to missions, but I do think that that's an important aspect, and I wouldn't want to take a missions trip where I wasn't praying that God wouldn't call at least somebody to missions as a result of a missions trip. Yeah, I mean, well, I think any trip leader is without a doubt praying that. You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of goes without said that we should be praying that, that, Lord, Mm -hmm. here we are putting all this, this time, effort into planning and money into going. God, we want it to be used for your benefit, and and if you can call someone from this trip, that'd be great. One of the things I I firmly also believe in in planning a missions trip is that, of course, as I said already, that you're working with con- in conjunction with that church. But I also think sometimes there is the tendency of maybe a team that's coming that they put pressure on a missionary to fill their schedule. Mm. F- pack, as, pack as much in as you can. We want to help with this, and we want to help with this. What it does sometimes, it causes that missionary to have to create things mm. that wouldn't normally be going on. Uh, let's do this four-day revival at this time when that wouldn't normally be what they're doing mm-hmm. um, because maybe they have it later on or something. I think there's some give and take there, but I, to me it's like I don't want to add pressure to the missionary. I'm there to help that missionary. Yeah. And if you're going to go and bring a team, say, hey, what's on your schedule that we can help out with? You know, what's something that you have going on already that maybe we can lend a hand in? Um, Rather than, hey, we want to come and do a VBS. Mm. Well, maybe that church wasn't planning on doing a VBS at that time when you're coming. Mm -hmm. Just kind of coordinating it with them and and not forcing that missionary into your schedule. To Mm -hmm. me, that that makes all the difference. I've Mm -hmm. I've been on both sides Mm -hmm. where I've had people come and work with my schedule and what a joy it is when I was over in Australia, people come and say, hey, we want to help mm-hmm. out. I've also been on that where we had a team that said, pack our schedule. We want to be f- from morning up till sundown. We want to be full, full, full. Well, it actually worked in detriment to our church folks because, boy, they it put a lot more pressure on them, on a time crunch on them. And mm-hmm. And I saw that, okay— this was great for the team because they had a lot more stories they can go back to home with. Mm-hmm. But boy, we're, it was more than taxing mm-hmm. on our church financially, schedule-wise, and everything. And it yeah. just, it was not ideal. It yeah. really wasn't. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that 
the best missions trips that I have been involved in, either as hosting or helping to lead, are those where you come alongside of that missionary and, and say to them, whatever you do in a normal day, mm-hmm. at this time of the year, you mentioned VBS, and hey, we're going to come do VBS. Well, maybe they do VBS six months earlier, right. six, you know, three months later, whatever it is. Uh, whatever you would normally be doing, that's what we want to do as well. And because that's the reality of missionary life. And so whatever we can help you do along the way, maybe there's a special project that you couldn't get to because you needed a little bit more help or whatever the case is. Uh, you know, the, the trips that... Um, I have experienced the the other thing they do a lot of times is they'll maybe put aside some money to help with a special project mm-hmm. with that, uh, that they're going to the missionary and, and realizing the missionary may not have the funds to do everything they want to do. And maybe they would have been working on a project and couldn't. And what a blessing that is to the missionary. What a blessing it is to those who get involved in the in the project. There's a lot that we could talk about here in regards to what makes a great missions trip and why we should do them. Uh, These are definitely some thoughts about that. I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about um, if you're thinking about taking a missions trip and you've never done it before and you say, I don't know how to do all the coordination and, and getting people out of the country, especially right now where borders are closed at this, you know, with the pandemic that, that they are, you know, we have around the world and all of this. Um, you say, what can I do? I would, number one, suggest that people would contact our USA director, Bob Larson, who is constantly putting together groups of people to help with church plants and restarts in the United States. And I know in Arizona, if we could get anywhere near a place where where Brother Larson was was doing that, it was so helpful. Uh, First of all, it helped that church plant or that church restart. But I learned, honestly, as a pastor, it helped my people so much. I just wanted to get there and be a part of that. And so that's a great place to start is is maybe uh, contacting Brother Bob Larson, uh, Reseeding America, uh, you can get a hold of him here and, and just check out our website, BIMI.org, and, and look at the USA field. But then also, there's another way that, that uh, an individual could get involved in a, a missions trip, and that's what we call our connect trips. And since you really have a, a, a really large part in making those happen, maybe we talk just the, the last couple minutes of this about a connect trip and how somebody gets involved. Yeah, thanks. Uh, BIMI, BIMI has a department, if we call it that, uh, called Connect, which is short-term mission trips that are led by our our field directors. So you're led by kind of the experts in that part of the world. They'll coordinate, help you, uh, get everything you need to, to travel, and help you with kind of make sure you get your passport, if there'd be any visa paperwork. Because that's such an intimidating thing. People don't know, what do I need? Mm. How do I try? If I, especially yeah. if you don't travel. And most Americans don't travel overseas. And so it's like, what do I do? What shots do I need? How do I go about getting a passport? How do I go about getting a visa? Well, thankfully, our our field directors who lead these trips, they have that information. They have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so they can work with you. And for 2021... We have trips going to all different parts of the world. We have a trip going down to Costa Rica to help three different missionary families mm-hmm. in three different environments. One's a city, one is more of a uh, kind of town, and then one is more village. And so you get to be experienced in mm-hmm. 
what ministry is like in those areas. Then we have uh, a trip to Scotland led mm. by our Europe director. And there you'll be helping a missionary with, with a church plant that's, mm-hmm. I think, it's just like three or four years and it's running. And so there's still a lot of areas that they need some help mm-hmm. in and just some helping hands to come alongside. And I think they're going to do like a VBS type of program there as well as a teen outreach. And mm-hmm. so they need personnel mm-hmm. who have the ability because the church isn't of a size yet to do that all by itself. We also have a trip to the Philippines to go help out some missionaries in the Philippines. We have one that is actually a trip that's being led to go to Tokyo for the 2021 Hmm. uh, Olympic Games, that there's going to be an evangelistic Mm -hmm. outreach uh, to just kind of be a part of the mass amount of people that may go to Tokyo for the Olympics and to give them tracks and to actually, this is kind of cool, to give them fans, like fans that you'd cool yourself down with, that have Mm -hmm. the gospel of um, I think it's John three sixteen is listed on it as well as on the other side is kind of like the plan of salvation mm. because in in Tokyo fans to cool yourself down is something that they all use sitting in sporting arenas oh. and so it's to get all these fans and people aren't going to toss a fan away they right. may toss a piece right. of paper away mm-hmm. but they're not going to toss a fan away mm. and so just to have folks who go and and be a part of that and help get mm-hmm. the gospel out. To, to individuals. We got other another trip to, to Japan that's going to go to Osaka and visit uh, churches there and help out those churches there. So we have trips all over. Well, what you can do is go to BIMI.org slash connect, and on there you have all the trips listed, the dates, the costs, um, the details, all of that's there. And I just want to say, if you go on that site and you click on a trip, you'll see on each trip it'll there'll be a link that'll say, you know, apply here. By clicking that button and applying and filling out an application, that does not lock you into that trip. It just Mm. means that you're going to kind of be put more into a communication level with that team leader so that they can talk to you Mm. about it. And if someone who has applied said, hey, maybe this doesn't work or, you know, for my schedule Mm -hmm. or whatever, there's no no penalty for kind of Mm -hmm. backing out or anything. It's just so you can kind of get into the connection with that team leader. Mm -hmm. I definitely encourage you to do that. One thing I I just want to touch on just very quickly, and I I know we've kind of covered the opposite, but I do want to just deal very quickly with the argument against mission trips. A lot Mm -hmm. of people say they're costly, and to be a better blessing to the missionary just send them the money. If you're going to spend, say, $2,500 on a mission trip, send the missionary the $2,500 <laughs> and call it a day. You know, be a blessing to them that way. I, I've I've even read books that mm. kind of use that argument on someone coming over for a week or 10 days. What benefit can you really have? And uh, they're obviously very contrary to the argument of going on trips. I would just dare say this, that, you know, I know a lot of money was spent on my trip to Mexico when I was a 16-year-old, mm-hmm. but the Lord used it in my heart. And right. now my my life vocation has been missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people who went on a trip with me to Samoa in 2016 to visit our missionary there. They spent lots of money to fly mm-hmm. out down to that part of the world. But you know what? I know that without a doubt they still pray more passionately for the ministries mm-hmm. down there. Um, I know people who've spent thousands of dollars to go to Spain to help missionaries in Spain. Well, helping those missionaries, 
they were able to give out something like 30 times more gospel literature mm. than would ever yeah. been accomplished by that missionary yeah. by his own. Mm-hmm. So there is some tremendous benefits yeah. that come of all mm-hmm. type. And obviously we've talked about yeah. them. So someone may say, well, it's just too costly. Well, boy, the, the there's a great value that comes out of it, though. There is. Yeah. For, the, for the ministry. Mm-hmm. Some of it's seen, some of it unseen. Mm-hmm. But I just think, man, don't don't let the costs just stop you or just think it's not money well spent because it really is to see God work all around you yeah. while you're on that trip. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I mentioned that smart trip that we hosted um, and I mentioned the missionaries that are still in missions work to this day as a result of that trip. But also you said how they can help do so much more work. That team in two weeks put out 35,000 John and Romans. That would have taken us a lot longer Mm -hmm. than two weeks when they came. And so there is a great benefit. And I think from the missionary standpoint, I think if you were just to say, hey, would you rather us send you 2500 bucks, or would you rather us come over and help and visit? I think every missionary is going to want you to come and visit because they know that is an opportunity to expose you firsthand to their field and show you the need in a way that you'll never, ever get any other way but to go there. And I've never met a missionary who didn't believe he needed more laborers on that field where he was. And so they're going to, they're going to, you ask the missionary which way would be better. I, I can guarantee you the missionary says, come on over and help us, not to steal the line from the Macedonian call, but <laughs> that is going to be the response. And there's so much more, so much more that we could talk about here. Do uh, check out BIMI.org and the Connect page if you're interested in uh, short-term missions trip, and we'll help you with that. Or you could contact either Stephen or myself. Our contact information is in the show notes. You can check out our different field pages on BIMI. You can check out the media page there. We would love to uh, connect with you. And if the Lord is leading you to a missions trip, there are those those connect trips that were mentioned. I always want to sign up for every one of them as they come out every year. Uh, but I can't. Uh, uh, maybe you're interested in missions in, in Southeast Asia or the far north. I'd love to talk to you more about that. And so thanks again for listening and spending this time with us each week. We really do count it a privilege to have this time with you. We know you can spend your time any way you choose. And so we count it a privilege to have you uh, tune in with us each week and uh, look forward to next time as well. But until then, have a great week in the Lord.